Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the deck. Welcome to episode 232 of the Kaiju Cast, a podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber suited foes. My name is Kyle, and this is the second episode of April 2018 and our re Daikaiju discussion for the 1996 Gamera 2 Advent of Legion. That's right, if you're out of the loop, we're taking on several kaiju films this year as sort of an opportunity for newer listeners to contribute to some of their favorite movies that we've already covered. Originally, we watched Gamera 2 in the very first year of the Daikaiju discussions, 2010. So here we are almost eight years later, and I cannot wait to share our thoughts on this movie with you guys again. We won't be covering any news on this episode, but don't worry, we're going to have a full-blown news episode real soon because apparently 2018 is just a super kaiju-heavy year, uh, at least so far. So please do stick around after the discussion for some catastrophic event announcements. And as usual, we're going to kick this thing off with a little bit of music, starting with Enormous Legion Confirmed from Gamera 2. Once again, class, it is time for our Daikaiju discussions. Every month, the Kaiju cast takes a look at one particular film from the giant monster landscape and tasks the listeners with submitting their thoughts, questions, and reviews for the following discussion episode. For 2018, we're taking a look back at some of the films that our listeners have requested we revisit in this year before the 10th anniversary of the Kaiju cast and when the discussion format completely reboots. On July 13th, 1996, less than two years, actually closer to a year, after Gamera Guardian of the Universe wowed Japanese audiences, Daiei Pictures released Gamera 2, Region Shurai. Literally, Gamera 2, Legion Attack, or Legion's Attack, I'm guessing. 
the movie has a few English language titles, in addition to Gamera 2 Advent of Legion, which is what I've been calling it forever. It's also known as Gamera 2 Attack of Legion, sometimes Gamera vs. Legion, and even in the trailer, you hear Gamera 2, the real guardian of the universe, like over and over again. So it's kind of funny to me that Daie adopted this sort of like sense of we want to say this in English because it sounds cooler or something like that, but stick to one, you guys, please. Now, longtime listeners of the Kaiju cast know that I am a huge Gamera fan. I used to run the website, The Shrine of Gamera, back in the day. And the reason I started that website was because I fell in love with the Heisei trilogy. In fact, I think I started the website before the third movie even came out. So we were like literally following the news, thanks to Monster Zero News at the time of Gamera 3. But at the time, I had already seen Gamera 1 and Gamera 2, and I absolutely loved them. Gamera 2 is no exception. I have a huge amount of respect for the team that put this together. Let's talk about those guys for a little bit. First up, Shusuke Kaneko, the director of the project. This is only his second tokusatsu film. Uh, Of course, the first one was Gamera Guardian of the Universe. He sort of kind of burst onto the scene with the Gamera movies, but I did interview him a long time ago, and I'm hoping eventually to have an episode about Kaneko. But anyway, he's the director. If you are not familiar with these movies and you want to see something else he's done in addition to Gamera 3, he also did Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidra, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack. Now, the special effects director for the Gamera series is Shinji Higuchi. Now, Higuchi is a name you should all be familiar with, especially if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, because Shinji Higuchi is awesome. He is basically what I consider to be sort of like the modern-day... A.G. Tsuburaya. Now, if only he would stick to special effects directing and not spend so much time in the actual director's chair, maybe we could get some more tokusatsu awesomeness out of him. But he does like to direct movies as well as special effects. And if you are not familiar with him, he did Lorelei, Witch of the Pacific. He directed the live-action Attack on Titan films. And he co-directed Shin Godzilla. Next up on the team is screenwriter Kazunori Ito, who is known in Japan for working on a lot of screenplays where you're adapting anime or manga into a live-action film or a feature animated film. So he worked on The Dirty Pair, The Red Spectacles, Pat Labor the Movie, and actually did the screenplay for Ghost in the Shell. Ito was also the screenwriter for all three of these movies, which is uh, where you'll hear me say it in the discussion portion of things, which is why I think it has such a good connective tissue running through all three films. Rounding out the team that created this movie is Ko Otani, who is the composer. He did the soundtrack for not just this one, but also the other two Gamera films. If you are not familiar with his work, he also did the score for GMK, which is a little more electronic than the scores here for these Gamera films. I absolutely love what he's done for these movies. And honestly, I think Ko Otani could really do a lot more in the tokusatsu realm. He has worked a lot in anime and video games. He did work on Blade of the Immortal, Mobile Suit Gundam Wing, but he also scored four of Kaneko's films before the Gamera movies. And let's briefly dive into the cast because I really like these actors. I think they did a fantastic job and I really got to connect with them all. They're one of those things that I really like about Kaneko as a director. Colonel Watarase was played by Toshiyuki Nagashima. A lot of these names are not going to sound familiar, but you may have heard that name in the episode where Clancy, Gretchen, and I talked about a movie called Moon Over Tau, directed by Keita Amemia. 
he played the monk in that movie. He also had two very minor roles in some of Masaki Tezuka's Millennium Series Godzilla films. Playing our lead female character, Midori Honami, is Miki Mizuno. Kaiju fans might not know of her work, but she's apparently done some Japanese horror movies. Uh, according to Wikipedia, which I don't normally quote, I think, I guess she played the Kuchisake Una, the slitmouth woman in Carved, the slitmouth woman. But here in this movie, she's an adorable smart scientist. Let's go ahead and move along to our next actors. Uh, Hanatani was played by Tomotsu Ishibashi. Obitsu was played by Mutsiro Fukikoshi. And then, of course, Asagi Kusanagi is back, the young girl with this connection to Gamera, played by Ayako Fujitani. And another returning character to the cast is Yukijiro Hotaru's Osako, who in the first film played a police inspector, but now he's sort of left the force and he's working as a lowly security guard at the Kirin Beer Factory. I think it should be noted that an actor who's been on the podcast twice, Mizuho Yoshida, played Legion. At least he's credited with playing Legion. We know he played the front half of Legion. Uh, someone else played <laughs> the pantomime horse butt of that costume. And also Akira Ohashi played Gamera. Apparently many, many different people played Gamera throughout the years. And it's not like the Godzilla films where we had like three big Godzilla actors. While I couldn't find the actual budget for Gamera 2, Advent of Legion, I did find that the budget for Gamera, Guardian of the Universe, the previous film, had a budget of about $4.5 million. This one, I would imagine, had about the same. They might have been given more money just because I think Gamera, Guardian of the Universe, did very well, at least among fans. But I would imagine it's about the same. And apparently it earned about $6.5 million in theaters. I'll leave you with a little bit of trivia before we welcome some familiar voices to the podcast. This was the first Daikaiju film to win the Nihon Science Fiction Taisho Award, which is the Japanese Nebula Award, in 1996. And apparently the decision to award this movie sparked a fierce debate in the Japanese science fiction community. Many critics apparently arguing that it signaled the death of Japanese science fiction literature. Too bad it's awesome. Right, Gamera? Joining me here at the KaijuCast HQ at the console for our studio, we have Mr. Martin Vavra. Hey, folks. And Mr. Dave Helfrey. I'm here. And yes, you are here. I am here. We're all here. Again. <laughs> Actually, Jeff is not here. Jeff is no, missing. Where is Jeff? Jeff? Jeff couldn't make it tonight. He's not Legion. He is definitely not <laughs> Legion. <laughs> Jeff is just one. <laughs> anyway, uh, so it's funny because I sent out this emergency uh, broadcast to the the co-hosts here. And I was like, oh, my God, I forgot to schedule the discussion for this movie. <sighs> and so I said, who can make it? And Dave said, I can make it. And Martin said, I can make it. And... Uh, with the exception of Jeff, we yeah. are the exact same crew that reviewed this movie last time. <laughs> yeah. Well, this movie's great. Oh, it's amazing. It's yeah, a, I, I love this movie. I want to be a part of this, this, this one. Now, last time we did this, we actually didn't. This was back in 2010, November of 2010. Really? Yeah. Wow. Long okay. time ago. Okay. So you've had some time to mellow on this movie, Martin, because uh, I know you have seen it before, but I I'm have. assuming you've still only seen it once. I've only seen it. No, have I seen it twice? Have you seen it twice? Now? You and I saw the original trilogy kind of on our own, didn't we? Or did we not? Well, I think I, I think what happened is we watched this movie for the discussion uh-huh. the week before, 
you came over and watched Gamera Guardian of the Universe, and then oh. several months later, you came over for the third one. That's what it was, yeah. Or you may not have come over for the third one, and you may have just waited until we covered it on the podcast. I just can't remember. Yeah, I can't mm. remember either. But, but Yeah, so about twice, probably okay. then. So this is your maybe second or third viewing. What are your initial reactions? It still holds up. Nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one, too. And it had been just long enough mm -hmm. where I was like, oh, I don't remember all of the bits to it. But as we right. were watching it, especially like when Dave pointed out, I was like, this is my favorite part. And I'm like, this is the moment I've been thinking about ever since you said we were going to watch this film. And then there it is. <laughs> it's great. Wait, OK. So you just have to say, what is that what moment? The, yeah. Uh, and that's when Gamera is sliding across the tarmac and just like firing off when he lands at night at the beginning the, of the, uh, the, the beginning, beginning of the, of the final fight. battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. So good. Or yeah, not tarmac actually. Yeah, it was the final battle where he's there in the city streets. Yes, yeah. a fantastic scene, my friend. Yeah, it's a so good, good scene. So Dave, you mentioned while we were watching this or right before we started, you think this might have been. The movie, the kaiju movie you've seen the most. It's up there. As, as I, after I said that, I'm sure that there's probably a couple of others that I'm forgetting about. I've, sure. I've seen like War of the Gargantuas a lot. Sure, and, yeah. But um, I'll bet this is this has to have been at least my fourth time watching this movie. Mm -hmm. And considering how bad my memory is, sixth is entirely possible. <laughs> I've I've seen this movie a lot, and um, you know, I it's funny. I think the First time I saw it, mm -hmm. I wasn't as big a fan of it because Legion is so out of the mold of other giant monsters. Is so alien, okay. Okay. you know, that I think I think that he was a little bit of an acquired taste for me. And now I'm like, this character design is genius. You know, it's like <laughs> now now I just look at it yeah. and I'm just and just in awe of it. It's so cool. it's so amazing. So originally too divergent, and now I, I think a little bit because because just right. And I and I think part of it is, and I know we talked about this, and I know. And I'm amazed that I remember this because I know that we we talked about this uh, seven years ago, um, eight years ago. Crap. Um, uh, he's he's so much. He's so much bigger than Gamera. He's got 85 different special attacks. He's yes. like, you know, <laughs> yes. it's like, you know, he's uh, the it's just um, and and also there is a um, some friends of mine and I have a gripe about modern monster movie character design, which we call uh, the resident evil effect is okay. like everything looks like it's designed for I feel a video like you've game. mentioned that before, yeah, but maybe you know, not mentioned in the camera. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it is, it's, it's a big gripe of mine when it comes to uh, monsters that there is just a, um, that everything is being designed for uh, more of a video game audience than okay, a monster yeah. movie audience. And so, and I think, I think Legion, I think at first I had a, I had a bias against Legion, like that very first viewing, I had a bias against the, the design of the Legion monster because it had that over the top, crazy sure. CGI, yeah, CGI yeah, 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 sort yeah. of over designing to it. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously it's not a CGI creature. You know, it's a wonderful practical creature. Mm -hmm. I mean, sure, when it's fly when he's flying around, you know, he like yeah, it's like, really only yeah, a couple of that shots. Was, yeah, there's only a couple of shots where, yeah. where they dropped in a CGI monster. 
Um, but, but really he's so different than that, than those kind of monsters, even that he's, I, I think he stands on his own. He you cool. know, comes back and stands on his own. I definitely and, think Legion stands on its own in, oh my God. in terms of Kaiju design alone, you oh, know, man. I mean, really, you know, one of the things we talked about in that early episode mm-hmm. and actually hallmarking the time period. Is that right? Uh, you asked me what I felt about a lot of ultra monsters because you've kind of said that right. there was a yes the weirdness you know yes. how they're they're sort of like was breaking much, the mold was much more ultra monster than Dae or, or toho yeah but Very much legion so. absolutely as a creature design holds up so well and like even watching it tonight i'm i know there's a dude in a suit there yeah Two dudes in a suit dudes, there. Yeah. I know it's there. I know they're there. There's yes. only three or four shots where I could actually penetrate with my x-ray vision into the suit yeah. to see the actor. You know, it's like, amazing. It's like so well done. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that also before I saw the movie, mm-hmm. I collected the Bandai figure. Oh, you cool, know, cool. of Legion, which was you could tell that they had like difficulty figuring out how to pull it off uh-huh. because Legion has so many appendages and so many moving parts and the way that they cast legions sort of back half Mm -hmm. as just one big giant rubber piece. Yeah. Yeah. The whole flat bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of awkward and clunky and not one of, not some of Bandai's best work. True. And I think that kind of biased me a little bit because Mm -hmm. I, I got this figure and I'm looking at this, I'm like, what the hell is this? How does this work? Oh, that's funny. And then you and then you like see all the legs flying around <laughs> and everything in the movie, and it's like, oh, this is great. You yeah. know, it's like this is you know, it's like it's not that Legion is a monster. It's Bandai screwed the pooch on this one. True. That's, you know, there's there's the. Uh, <laughs> it's. I the, remember when I got that. It was like uh, I had already seen the movie, right? Yeah, so yeah. when I saw Legion, the Legion figure, yeah. at the time, right. I was like, oh my god, it's amazing. You right. know, it only paid like forty dollars for it or whatever, but like later on in life, actually, I should talk about this right now because we are talking about toys just for the moment. Uh huh. X Plus is the company that makes all these beautiful guys up top here. Yeah, they announced a Legion figure no. a while ago, oh and my I was God. just like immediately, I was like, oh man, I gotta get that. I <laughs> yeah. I love Legion so much, I have to get that. Four hundred plus dollars no. for it. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. And the well, I mean there you the go. Kicker, it's, it's got yeah. too many parts. It's too big. It it's is too, too big. big. The kicker is that it's part of this series here, which is the smaller of the two scale series that they do. Yeah. So if it was it was the 30 centimeter, which is the larger of the two, a 30 centimeter Legion figure would have just been ginormous. Yeah. Right. And this thing as is, like I should show you pictures later. Like it's big. Like the Legion oh, figure is big. <laughs> Gamera's tiny. He's way back here. <laughs> like, well, I mean, it's yeah. probably and it's probably to scale. I mean, yeah, like, absolutely. I mean, so Legion that they can is, fight off against each I'm, other. I'm like watching off? during yeah, I'm, yeah, during during the movie, I was trying to sort of calculate how much bigger Legion is than Gamera. How you know, how much I mean, and really it's he's almost like a well, and you there's know, those, it's a, he's a super. I mean, Legion's a super heavyweight. Yeah, and there's those know. couple of moments where he's like category six at he's least. Category six. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's a big boy. There's there's the couple of moments where he rears back up on his legs and he's like gets what, up twice really tall. The, yeah, yeah, like yeah. three times as tall as Gamera. It's like, geez. Yeah, is he? He's a big, big, big monster, and and uh, uh, which is which is why I thought that it was it was. Uh, this is really one of those movies where it's like if Gamera left to his own devices, mm-hmm. he would have lost. Right. He would have lost without the help of the self-defense force 
and everything. It's like kind of, you know, coming together and saving the earth together. You know, obviously yeah, there are these was big, thinking- there's these big, you know, themes of, you know, working together and there's the messianic themes that I think we'll talk about later. We definitely you know, will. And everything. We definitely will. But uh, on his own, Gamera would have got his butt kicked. There's no question in my mind. Yeah. You know, kind of like, kind of like uh, Godzilla would have had his butt handed to him the first time uh, Ghidorah came around. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You so know. let's actually talk just a little bit about that. The director of this movie is Shusuke Kaneko. Uh, and Kaneko's style is very unique to me because, or is very unique in the kaiju world, in my opinion, because he has a real sense of making these actors emote in ways that make me connect with them. Uh But he also has a a bigger sense of the world that makes it more realistic. He does that thing where you don't have to explain to the audience exactly what's happening in every single moment, right? Like, so whenever you're watching, I don't know if this happens with you guys, but if I'm watching something at home, usually not in the theater, and somebody's about to do something, I am usually praying for there not to be any exposition about that thing that they're doing. Like, yeah, dude, I just saw that. I don't need you to tell me, you know? And like this little tiny, tiny things in this movie, like um, they bring Asagi in, right? Asagi from the first movie, the girl who can talk to Gamma, Mm -hmm. right? And Asagi is with her friend and she doesn't, they don't have like a big long story explaining exactly where they were or why they were there or what happened. But you can just gather from the fact that they're wearing ski clothes. They were right. on a ski trip. Right. Then the girl breaks her leg skiing and apologizes. And they don't go into a whole big thing about, whoa, you broke your leg. You know, <laughs> this that's the kind right. of thing that I love about Kaneko's work. It's, you know, he knows how to include subtlety and not make things too overt. And he knows how to make that connection. Mm-hmm. And then as, in terms of like increasing drama, he's excellent at increasing drama in these movies to make it like, so that you can really like be with those characters. So what you're saying is he's a good director. It's very odd. (laughs) (laughs) No, he is a very good director, but I think he's sort of miles above some of the other directors that we've seen do these movies. I think think, in general, I think that goes hand. Well, and Martin should talk about this because he's the director in the room, but the, but I mean, I think former that, scientist. I think that goes yes. Current director. <laughs> it's it's. I think that goes hand in hand with the studios taking the movies more seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, these aren't these aren't throwaway garbage uh, uh, Saturday matinee creature features anymore. Sure, you sure. Know, like the the Gamera trilogy is legit. Let's time frame this. When did the when did this movie come out compared to Godzilla? These were ninety four. Is that right? This 92. one was actually ninety six. Ninety six. Okay. okay. So the the movie that came out just before this one would have been Godzilla versus Destroya, mm-hmm. and then before right. that, right? So it would have right. Been, and I remember us talking about the similarities with the little critters. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, think of the the landscape. I like to say the landscape of giant monster movies. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the Heisei era, and the right. Heisei era gives you uh, Mechagodzilla, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, which is a very high point in the series. But then mm-hmm. you get Space Godzilla, right? And then Destroya. As much as I love it, it's almost like filled with like false hope. It's such a weird movie because it's like I want to love that move that that movie so much, but when I start analyzing it, it's got lots and lots of flaws, like yes. more than it should yes. for it being such a powerful movie and being right. 
elevated so high in my own brain. I'm just going to keep spitballing here and and just say that. So you go from those two movies, and then you have, or no, you go from Space Godzilla to <laughs> Gamera Guardian of the Universe, right? Which and, is almost which unfair. Is, it's like way better than Space Godzilla. Oh my right? god! But then Destroya <laughs> comes out, and it, and I can see somebody going like, well, yeah, Destroya is pretty good. The effects are pretty good in this, and Gamera's effects were pretty good. Right. But then this movie comes out after Destroya. And in my opinion, this movie just completely blows away Destroya in terms of effects. Oh, Destroya no has has big budget ex- effects. Like, and then Iris comes out after this. Yeah, right? So it's almost yeah. like this was a, a crazy time to be a kaiju fan. Like, I'm sure um, people who, like, despised Gamera, like, hardcore fans of Japan who despised Gamera but loved Godzilla. Right. There are some of those people in America, too. <laughs> and they... Uh, they probably were like, what's happening? Why is Gamera better than Godzilla? And then Gamera the Brave came out and made the universe right again. Uh, yeah, uh, a little bit. A little, a little bit. bit. Anyway, uh, yes, I'm very impressed with Shusuke Kaneko, the director of this film. I'm very impressed with many aspects of this film. I think in all in all, like this movie has has it all. What else did you say he did? You said he did Zeram? No, no, no. That's uh, I was actually mentioning one of the actors in the movie. Oh, okay. Uh, Yukiji Hotaru plays in all of Keita Amemiya's films. He's the guy that did Zerum. Oh, but, okay. But that guy, y- Yukiji Hotaru, he has been in so many tokusatsu things oh, yeah. since he sort of stepped on the scene. He just plays all sorts of different characters. He was in GMK. He was the guy that... I don't uh, remember him he's going to commit suicide in the forest and uh oh, wow. and then he he finds Ghidra. Anyway. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, man, I can't wait to finally revisit that movie eventually yeah. because I know um, probably <laughs> 20 times more information about <laughs> about <laughs> what's going on in that film. Wow. Sidebar though, that's a different a different conversation. We're talking about Gamera 2 tonight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh well, let's get stay back to our target. standard stay stuff and, and stay on target. Martin, what what do you like best about Gamera 2? What was your favorite aspect or part about Gamera 2? So I'm going to I'm going to talk about it holistically because you had kind of brought this up before and you guys were talking about just how this is such a better film especially compared to Destroyer or a variety of other things. Mhm. And it, this was directed really well. And, you know, without seeing the script for other films or and any of them and just going, well, this one fails for whatever reason. I mean, they they always have major gaps for me. There's always jumps in plot and story and just there. It's always kind of rather empty. Most of these always feel like I'm doing stuff and then I'm going to have monster fights and, and I'm breaking buildings and doing all of the that filler, stuff. And it's right? always the stuff in between that's supposed to be the story that's always lacking for me. And this one just doesn't do that. It doesn't lack in story. And I think this is because this is a director that wasn't looking to the action sequences to save the film. Mm-hmm. And it, it had a complete script, again, not knowing what the other scripts were, but it he knew what to do with it. He he knew how to to shoot this thing, keep it together, have the high points of the story that bind and it all together. There's a lot of stuff going on. There too. is, and there's a lot of people, and there's things happening. But he keeps it interesting, and it's all tied together really well. And I it it never feels like I'm saving my movies so by having these action sequences, and they're great. This thing has 
fantastic models, fantastic buildings, um, super risky move with the second bloom that Gamera takes the hit on. I mean, if that just doesn't like have a shock factor for Japan to be able to show something like that, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's risky and, and complicated and just all of that stuff. And there's so many good shots in here that we talked about that are practical and it looks like you're in the vehicle. Yeah. yeah. That shot, yeah. The so the shot when they're and- <laughs> when the uh the military guys are escaping from Sendai, they're like, we can't save the city, and they're leaving. And as they're leaving, Gamera is walking towards the flower. There's this shot from yeah. down below on the street. And as I was watching it, I said it well after the movie, I was like, as we were watching it, I couldn't believe that I had never noticed that I almost positive that that was a tiny camera inside of a tiny Jeep following another tiny Jeep <laughs> on a miniature road as Gamera walked past yeah. on the left side of the screen. So seamless at, at yeah. times. Well, at and times. not and not necessarily a small camera, but a camera positioned well where they made basically a fake door that is right up mm, against mm-hmm. uh, their hood. I just wanted to be a tiny camera, else. Martin. Like, Let me have the tiny be, camera. And it could be a tiny <laughs> camera with a with a hamster eating tiny burritos. This is totally a legit <laughs> thing that could be happening. Canon, that is. Now canon. I'm pretty sure I saw that picture in my Gamera <laughs> 2 book here. It's in the BTS section Wait till Rachel hears she missed that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll do this episode again on version three of the experiment. So, right. yeah. So I, that's the one thing I really want to compliment about this film is just the direction. It's so this film is just really enjoyable. All all three of these. Mm-hmm. I love them. For sure. Dave, how about you? Who directed the third one? Um, all three were directed by Shusuke Kaneko. They were. OK. Because mm-hmm. also all three yeah. were written by Kazunori Ito, which I think really helps tie all three of them together very well. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The the thing um Talking about what Martin was just talking about and, and the Jeep shot that we mm-hmm. were just discussing. It's like I also remember the um, uh, jumping ahead, as long as it's the same writer and the same director, um, jumping ahead in the, the trilogy, the uh, the nighttime fight scene between Gamera and the Gausses in uh, – Oh, in, in Shibuya. In, in, yeah. Mm-hmm. And how it's all shot from the ground level. You know, so and much I, ground level, so stuff. much ground level stuff, mm-hmm. and it's like I think that, again that just kind of goes to the director's vision of making it more relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you think about, well, we talked about like just to use it as as a polar opposite example, we talked about the Ultraman stuff mm-hmm. um, uh, earlier. It's like so much of that is shot from a, you know. Uh, wide angle, wide shot, uh, Big you know, set. from yes, the top yeah. of a, you know, like the angles, like from a top of a building that's watching this all happen, mm-hmm. as opposed to the emotional, you know, from, or, or in other words, from a safe distance, yes. as opposed to the emotional impact of deserting the city in a Jeep, you know, along with the military. Well, yeah. you know that it's a lost cause and uh, the only the only thing that can possibly be walking in the other direction is a giant turtle whose <laughs> life mission is to save the earth. You know, again, going to, you know, what Martin was talking about and the director's, I'm sorry, I don't remember the director's name. Uh, it's an interesting name. Yeah. It's even in Japanese terms. It's, it's, I've never heard any of the, the words before except one other actor. Shusuke? Shusuke. Kaneko. Kaneko. Okay. You know, this just speaking to to Kaneko's vision of how to pull off mm-hmm. 
a giant monster movie and make it relatable to tiny people. Yeah. You know, uh, sidebar to that. Have you watched any of the newer Ultraman stuff? Ultraman X no. orb. They do Need a, to. an awesome do. job of that low camera angle stuff you're talking about. They've added the really amazing effects. You could stuff. see like, and I, I haven't, I, what's the last one um, that I watched? I don't remember. It was the, one of the ones from a few years ago, mm-hmm. but you could see the evolution of the direction going in that, going that way. Um, I think it, it sort of started with whichever one it was, um, I remember there was one I, oh, I see now I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do credit because there was, there was one Ultraman series where Ultraman, he would, the, the guy would turn into Ultraman mm-hmm. and Ultraman would land on the ground and the rubble would bounce. They added, yes. they added the, the, the bouncing rubble. And I remember watching that and thinking like, oh, somebody's <laughs> taking, the director is actually taking physics into account yes. when giant monsters are fighting and everything. Good for them, and that was the beginning of in in the Ultraman stuff. You could tell that that it was starting to go in that cool more that, realistic yeah. direction where they were thinking like, oh, what would actually happen when two Titans, each one weighing three hundred tons, were throwing each other around in this landscape? Yeah, you know that's one of the things I love about the camera movies. These camera movies yes. specifically is that they there's weight. They, they have weight. Feel like they've taken a lot more into consideration. Yeah. Than just your standard kaiju film from the 60s. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. just just that just that opening scene where the first pod is there and well, it's not the opening, but the opening scene in this sequence where the first pod is there and Gamera flies into what was what was the town that got trashed first or uh, didn't get didn't the first get one was Sendai Sa- got blown uh, up Sapporo, Sapporo, Sapporo yeah. when he where he lands in Sapporo. And when they show him landing is they don't there's not this big wide shot of Gamera folding in his wings and coming down for a landing. He puts his foot through the mall. You're yeah. inside <laughs> the mall and he puts his foot through the mall. And it's like Gamera doesn't care about a mall. Gamera's here to save the earth. Everything else is everything else is inconsequential. But there were people in Japan watching this movie who live at the, near that mall, who work yes. at that mall, <laughs> who've walked through that mall for their entire life. And the scene is just Gamera putting his foot through it and it's gone. It's like, <laughs> screw your mall. There's it's probably like a ton of unhappy workers who are like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I mean, but it's, it's that gra- it's that ground level thing that I just love about the Gamera trilogy. Yeah. And I don't remember Godzilla movies doing that too much. They they Prior do, but to, they don't do it nearly as much. And I'm gonna, I'm just gonna impact. say, probably way more after the Gamera series. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't you? I mean, it changed, it changed the way that they're done. Yeah, you can't go backwards after that. No, no, no. I definitely. Well, I think the only way to go is upwards oh, yeah. and onwards. And <laughs> no, it just, God, to, I wish God the Godzilla them. series had caught up a little faster to the Gamera. They're doing the, all right. The Heisei Gamera right. trilogy. They're doing. All yeah, they're doing great now. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, I think the thing I love best about this just has to be this the way that the director put this film together. You know, I know that uh, a moving picture is a bunch of moving parts and cogs and wheels and all the the aspects that make it hard to make a movie. And just in general, like all of those things working together, it seems like Kaneko is the kind of guy who can get his people to do what needs to be done in order to, to tell the story right. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I hold probably dearest about the Gamera series because it, they do stand so far above what we'd seen in the Godzilla series up until this point in terms of 
impact, you know? So that's my favorite part about, about sure. this film. Uh, do we, we have to talk about what, you know, didn't work. Martin, what was the thing that you thought worked least in this film? If anything. I literally, nothing <laughs> is coming to mind. Okay. Right on. <laughs> okay. Well, I could come back to you if you want. No. No. no okay. No, All right. Good. He's, it feels good. <laughs> Dave. That is a tough one. Maybe the, um, during that final battle sequence mm-hmm. uh the general who's in charge of the you know the the the, the guy in the, the set, ground forces the ground yeah, forces yeah. and everything it's like it it's taken him an awfully long time to figure out that gamera wants to fight the big right. monster it's it's like his he, it's it's considering how everything else made so much sense. And this is a nitpick. This is just like sure, looking, yeah, yeah. looking in this whole <laughs> long movie and trying to f- pull out something that isn't quite, you know, it's like, I think, you know, obviously they wanted to like, the director wanted to uh, uh, increase the tension a bit and have Gamera on the ropes a little bit more. Yeah. And because it's definitely, there was this, you know, the, definitely this kind of feeling of the cavalry's here when they, when they fire those missiles and they take out, uh, legions of pendants yeah, yeah. will they oh, take those. out his appendages yes, yes, so, that, yes. so that he doesn't have that shield so he can't create that shield anymore that basically neutralizes Gamera's big punch you know the the fireballs and everything like that it's it's uh um you know that was kind of a yay moment for everybody in the theater right and so if that had happened right off the bat it wouldn't have been as effective mm-hmm, blah blah mm-hmm. blah but still it's like you know whose side he's on. It's like even the children know whose side he's on. Ever since you know, and they always have, you know. And I love how you know. Again, yeah. jumping ahead to the <laughs> jumping jumping ahead to the third movie in the trilogy. I love how act, the director actually makes fun. The director and the writer make fun of that. Mm-hmm. You know, after he trashes the city, he's like, "Hey, you saved us!" And the city is just destroyed. There's bleeding yeah, yeah. people everywhere, yeah. and you know the the sort of irony of uh, uh, Gamera's the friend of children. Gamera saved me. <laughs> yeah. Not thirty thousand. Honestly, the, the my biggest beef with this film is some of the CGI, and that's completely understandable oh, for a movie ex- from nineteen ninety six. The explosion from Japan. Yeah. The explosion of Sendai was awful. Yeah. Awful. They should have spent a little bit less money in some of the other effects, a little bit more on that one. The uh Garbage. but even stuff like the just weird stuff that you kind of wouldn't really see done in the same way today, right? Like there's a little bit of that morph technology stuff that was really big in the nineties, right? Mm. Gamera lands and he's got these, you know, these oh, the uh fins yes. yeah. and they, they just, just kind of suck in. back yeah. into his arm. Yeah. Right. And if you look at how they do it in the third film, it's like crap is coming out where it's like yeah, you know, yeah. it's like they do it much better in the in the third one. Right. But uh yeah, I mean in the the Legion swarm crawling up Gamera, the very first time that they do it, it's a composite shot yes. with with stop motion and yes. then they pull back for a larger shot and then it's a very rubbery looking CGI thing. It might again, I know 1996 Japan CGI is not the best scene at right. all. For sure. But I would still commend them on the job they did at the time, even though I would rather see a more realistic or just a real 
effect there. Like instead right. of having the the need to actually have all the guys crawl up Gamera, well maybe you know they they made that net with the, the all the legions to put over the Gamera suit. Right. Maybe cut little portions of that off bit by bit and then shoot it in reverse or not reverse shoot it mm. in reverse order so it looks like oh um this scene he's they're on my leg this scene oh they're up on my chest you know that's the only little teeny nitpicky criticism yeah we're, getting, we're getting we're getting pretty nitpicky but that's because point, yeah. this movie is so amazing mm-hmm. so amazing uh there are a couple things i did want to talk with you guys about dave oh, mentioned right. one of them earlier uh that is the messianic iconography we are seeing here so blatant in this one so i i would say in the first film i didn't really get the connection to any religious or i don't even know what i'd say you said messianic i like that but like it's in the title you guys know what advent is he's the well well okay well let's let's actually let's well hang on a second let's sidebar on that one advent yes Mm -hmm. i do understand advent is the coming right right but like that's an english language title the japanese title just is really legion attacks oh okay uh, region shurai is is gamera to region shurai and so uh but it's still but i it is still Legion. Right. That is the real tie. That's a, that's the fact New that Testament they straight stuff. up say, they, they, they quote yeah. the Bible verse, right? right? So you got the Bible verse. Also, in the intro credits, the very first thing you see in space is a rotating cross, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I've always oh, wow. thought was weird because the very middle character from Ga, Me, Ra, Me yeah. is like almost like an X. Right. So it's like the cross turns on its side or whatever. And then, of course, Gamera... Coming back to life. Well, not only that, he also takes the bullet for humanity, for the world. Yeah, you know, right. He sacrifices himself. He bleeds. Say, <laughs> he bleeds. He yes. bleeds. He bleeds. <laughs> you know, yeah. I love the the blood scene, by the way, in the first attack when Gamera flies away oh, and so all good. the spatters green blood yeah. spatters across <laughs> the building and then slides. Just, yeah. Uh, the whole thing. Gamera's Amazing. always been a bleeder, though. Yeah, he has. That's He's true. Always That's been true. A.G. Subaraya, the special effects director for the Godzilla series, when someone was said, hey, what, why don't we make these monsters bleed? He's like, what are you, crazy? Kids, watch this. <laughs> but Noriaka Yuasa, who is the director of the Gamera series at Daie, was like, screw it. Have oh, them bleed. Yeah. <laughs> bleed them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Gamera versus Giron. Oh, He's yeah. fighting a space gauss. Giron, the yeah. knife head, is yeah. fighting a space gauss, and he cuts him up like yeah, purple cake. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting definition or interesting determination of what kids want to see from two sides from different studios <laughs> there. <laughs> uh, but in terms of the, you know, Gamera's resurrected, Gamera, he is, he is resurrected. you know, he, it's... He's resurrected. I, it's almost like by, by faith, pr- by prayer. It's yeah, like right. All the, you know, all the kids and everybody's out there. They're holding a vigil. Yeah. For for Gamera, they're just out there. There's no other interpretation of what they're doing. They're holding a vigil for the guardian of the universe. You know, as if he was some kind of god. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and I and I guess the whole point is, even though this second movie is a little bit of a diversion. Off of the mythology that there's mm-hmm. that they're establishing with the with the four beasts and I think like Iris is the phoenix and right, Gamma yeah. is the and what is it like a dragon and a tiger is that the other two yeah which they haven't touched there's, on yet well yeah they haven't touched on it yet and I think the reason you know what I, you know what I think they're saving up for well I think 
<laughs> the third one? No, well, no, 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 because no. like it's like the next, the next one will be the next, whatever the next monster is. So they've done the phoenix with Iris. And oh, they, okay. They've gotcha. established the tur- the the turtle is Gamera. The tiger is going to be like something I don't even know what it's going to be. I'm like, I think they're saving up for it. the dragon's Godzilla. Is this like they're saving up for the crossover? They're saving up for the is crossover. This in in fifteen years, when oh, the, totally. the kids in Japan who are watching Gamera three end and go what. That's how Gamera Three ends. They're yeah. they're like, finally, I'm gonna make Gamera Four, yep. Gamera Five, Gamera yeah. Six. Yeah, it's gonna, yeah, yeah. And then it's, okay. yeah. It's, gonna, it's, gonna, it's like the dragon's gonna be Godzilla. They're saving up for the crossover. I would not be opposed to it. No, yeah, <laughs> I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. In this uh, Elseworlds tale, where the Gamera series has continued and was not waylaid by Gamera the Brave. Oh, now I'm sad again. Oh. Uh, but Gamera the Brave is a fun little romp having no, to do not. with kids. It's garbage. It's not garbage, <laughs> it's but garbage. Uh, it's fun, Dave. Okay. All right. It is fun, and think, it will be if, mandatory fun. If you, <laughs> anybody if, who's in the studio. If you I think like garbage is fun, sure. Ah, I right. like the extra matter space, too. Anyway. Well, okay. <laughs> that's, that's, a different, that's, different, anyway, that's a different kind of fun. So did how did that play off to you, the, the messianic vibe? Like... I thought it played off well. I was, you know, I have to, and maybe this is my own bias and ignorance, mm-hmm. but it did strike me as being extremely Western. Now mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if there is. I do not. I flat out just don't know if there's an Eastern equivalent to the Jesus myth. And I, there probably is, honestly. It's like there's so many, like you know, you know, Samson, Hercules, Gilgamesh. There's like so. Mm-hmm. There's so many of these myths that have propagated across different cultures. Not that. Jesus is a myth. Don't send me letters. But um <laughs> but it, now, now I lost my train of thought. But um I totally lost my train of thought. Damn it. Uh you're saying what was, what was I saying? Uh that you the didn't myth. know if there was a an Eastern equivalent. Right. But I mean it it did strike me as being oddly Western in in this extremely Eastern movie. Yes. And it's obvious and also it's obviously not by accident because the way that they ident- the way that they named legion and that they identified legion and True. the um you know it's like you know who who uh uh exercised legion well jesus did who uh, exercised this legion legion the giant turtle who comes back to life uh after a bunch of kids are praying for him mm-hmm. it's pretty blatant right and I'm kind of surprised we didn't really talk about this eight years ago because yeah, it's, it's weird, so right? It's kind of weird. I, you know, the thing for me in terms of a Japanese film and Christianity is in Japan, well, like, sure, obviously, yeah, you know. Um, and I don't know how big it is or or isn't. I don't know. But what I will say is that from this movie, where it had had almost a a Christian vibe yeah. to the iconography or the you know the the aspects of that we're talking about, the second or the third film just abandons all of that correct and moves straight into but what i would imagine sa- but he's is still Shinto. a savior but he's still a savior true yeah, no yeah. and i'm not saying he's not a savior savior though he he was definitely originally in the first film first of these three films supposed to be a guardian not just in the title of the american film yes but like he was like a guardian of the Mu Empire, basically, of Atlantis. 
So right. if you recall this, right. he is a mechanical being in a sense. <laughs> like he's sort of a cyborg, Bi- yeah, I bio- guess. Biomechanical. Yeah. 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 So uh so it's weird to me that there is such a a connection to like a godlike connection to Gamera, I would well, say. Well, and but then they do they do sort of um walk it back a little bit at the end of Legion here where they basically say, well, he's what he's really doing, he's protecting the earth. True. And true. we're just kind of on it. So we kind of win. <laughs> yeah. You know, but if we, you know, but it's like, we better watch ourselves Actually, because we're, that might be my least favorite part of the movie is the ending. It's the just a little, very the, the, ending. That little wink. That little because wink, it's wink. almost like the end. Question oh, mark. We forgot to add the message. <laughs> And by the way, <laughs> and then it has that arigato yeah. song, which no, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I you know the third film for me is very, very much more interesting because in terms of the religious angle, because it's not very western; it's sure. way more eastern. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got that <laughs> mythological aspect of it. I wonder if that's reversed. If there are people in Japan who are like, ooh, what's this about someone coming back to life after people praying to them? You oh, know, interesting. Like, but yeah. maybe there is not an equivalent. But yeah. regardless, it's definitely something. I'm sure somebody will comment. I'm surprised we know. didn't talk about it in the last one. That is, I know, right? Yeah, crazy. Well, now I want to watch the first one and the third one even more because there may be relationships that I didn't. I mean, this very well could be that there is a subtext of exploration in all three of those movies in different religions. They might. Yeah. They might go off in different directions for sure. Like I know that when I talked to Kaneko, he said that the first movie was just written as the first movie. It was never intended to be a trilogy, Mm -hmm. but even though they have the same writer for all three movies and I'm sure he's was adept at weaving things into all three films. That was definitely a different angle, I'd mm-hmm. say. You know, and if you if you almost if you didn't make this a a connective trilogy, if you just said, okay, Gamera Guardian Universe is its own movie, and then Gamera Two is its own movie, and Gamera Three is its own movie, they would not necessarily break those no. religious connections that I'm. No, not at all. I mean, they, you know, but, but yeah. it's it's a smart move to to use those. The, the themes are are. Archetypes, they're mm-hmm. they're they're cultural archetypes, and you know, in part because of their religious uh, backgrounds. But you know, but even then, a lot of the the stories in uh, in the Bible and and other religious texts are are archetypes uh, stories. Mm. So, sure, use them for the basis of a movie. Yeah, you know, it's it's they're going to resonate because they're culturally viable in all cultures really you know so there so there that's good no i mean i'm i like that they did that it's and like i said i just think it's weird we didn't talk about it it's never kind of i will you know this is why we're doing these again is so that we can do a little bit more deep diving Mm -hmm. before we get into the new format but uh so let's talk about some other things specifically things that i made notes about (laughs) Ooh, all right. <laughs> so I think one of the reasons I love Very this movie so much is that I get echoes of the original 1956 Rodan. The first act is kind of like a little horror movie. There's a little mystery. Yes. What is going on? What's causing all this? The second act is a little bit of a lull, but it's more about exposition. And then your third act is the big attack. And then Gamera 3, I mean, Gamera 2 doesn't really go in that so much. But definitely while I was watching it tonight, 
I was reminded, well, I reminded myself of the Mega Neuron sure. attacking the miners yeah. in Rodan. And uh, even so far as the earthquakes that are in Rodan, these nice. natural disasters yeah. in the, the meteor in Gamera 2. It's just another one of those things like I think Kaneko, the director, has a very sensitive finger on the pulse of kaiju films and kaiju filmmaking. You know, there's a, there was a point at one time where I said it would be cool if someone could look at the best kaiju films and say – this works, this works, this works, this works. These things here don't work. I'm going to take those and I'm going to weave those into the perfect, quote unquote, kaiju story. Mm-hmm. Something that's yeah. going to feel right, but break off and do new things. And like, if I was uh, if I was the kind of guy to study the scripts and, <laughs> and so forth and want to write my own movie, maybe that's what I'd do. But uh it's already too late for Legendary's Godzilla series, so maybe <laughs> maybe somebody will do that if they expand and do other mo- – maybe they'll do their own Mothra movie. Maybe they'll <laughs> do a Gamera 4. They could do a, they could do their own Gamera film. They could. Yeah. And then they could then they cross them over. try their best happen. to cross them gonna over. Happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Uh, let's see. What else did I write down here? I did notice some shots from Gamera 2 that I think Kaneko redid for GMK. Really? Yeah, specifically, there's a shot where Gamera is coming into the city at night and the Legion flower is in the background and it's a composite shot, right? So it's like a flying shot over the city at night where you see Gamera in the foreground and the background superimposed over the back. The the actual footage is this Legion flower. He does that in in the city when Mothra flies in to attack Godzilla. Godzilla is in the background in you know amidst the real footage like you know destroying buildings and stuff i'm pretty wow. sure i saw some others but for some reason i didn't write them down i was just too engrossed in the film you are much better <laughs> at paying attention to giant monster movies than i am nerd alert that was impressive nerd alert uh, I was impressed by the Megan Euron metaphor, but this that's real. That's good. <laughs> Come on. That's good. All right. Well, this is not a metaphor, but this is an actual connection. So it's not something that I, I made up. But the Legion flower is actually a, a reference to a previous tokusatsu entry. Does anybody here happen to know what that is? All the listeners are like screaming at their headphones right now. Are you guys familiar with Ultra Q at all? Are you talking about? Um, I've never seen Ultra Q. Uh, yeah, yes. See. The fourth episode of Ultra Q is called The Mammoth Flower. And in that episode, a gigantic flower erupts from this building. And it looks, the well, I should say, the Legion flower looks yes. just like it. Sure. <laughs> I mean, not just like it. Like, Similar th- enough, yeah. Kind of more badass. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, definitely right. Kaneko was using the mammoth flower. Juran is the name of the flower from that Ultra Q episode as a as a... You know, homage well, to and the previous tokusatsu. The, uh, the plant that uh, both of those flowers are based off of, uh, one of them just bloomed at the Tucson. Oh, the stinky, botan- stinky yeah. plant, right? The, the, yeah. the coffin flower. Yeah. That whole um, genus of uh, arum lily, I think it is, maybe. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% sure about that one. But the, the thing with the giant, the, with the giant conical spath yeah, coming yeah. out of the center, and then the, the single wraparound petal. Like a calla lily. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, it just, it's so, uh, and, and it has that, that aspect. There's a few species of plant like that. They're all tropical. 
of just this giant flower that erupts out of the ground without really the without the overture of a bunch of leaves or, or vines. Oh, really? Or oh, yeah. No, it's just, oh, cool. it'll just uh, uh, you know, or, or often sometimes it'll, it'll have like a single leaf will come out of the ground and then the leaf will die and then the flower will come out oh. of the, uh, of the, the ball. And like, I think like the coffin flower comes out like once every seven years or something like that, or I might be mixing it up with locusts or all those other things. But, um, the more you know. Yeah, no, it's great. But yeah, but, but you, but it's very, um, but yeah, but that's a thing. That's yeah. an earth thing. It's, For sure. It's yeah, very yeah, yeah. earth shaped, uh, the way that they designed it and everything like that. No, so. I absolutely love the, I mean, I love the fact that they included that in the movie and I love the design of the Legion flower. I've got somewhere in there. I've got like a little teeny tiny representation. I remember of that being guy. confused by toys for the mammoth flower and like seeing and going, is that the Legion thing? <laughs> yeah. Wait, right. Is yeah. It, is, it, is this an ultimate thing? And, and not, but I've never seen that episode. Tiger has an M1 version of the, what? of the, not the Legion flower, but the mammoth flower. That from is yeah. your son. That is my son. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, obviously we got to talk about, so we talked about the director. We got to talk about the special effects director, Shinji Higuchi. Oh. Who, strong work. Strong work. So obviously. Good. Uh, he was a writer on Neon Genesis Evangelion. He worked at Toho in 1985 on Godzilla 1985. He really, that's where he like kind of got his chops. And he is a super nerd in Japan. Uh, very well known super nerd. And then would later go on to direct the live action version of Attack on Titan and wow, co direct Shin Godzilla. Really? Yeah. That he did that with around. Hideaki Anno. So there you go. Did we ever talk about Attack on Titan? No. We should. The movie or, or the or show? The, or the show, either one. Because I haven't seen the show. I've only seen the movies. And They're I only fun. really watched the first movie. The second movie I did not pay much attention to <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah, we could probably talk about that at some I point. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be interesting. Uh, yeah, and then Cole Otani did the score, and I absolutely love the soundtrack to this film. I've heard it many, many, many times. So I was humming along <laughs> as, the, as the movie was going. I just wanted to mention really quickly the last time we were all together talking about Gamera 2, mm -hmm. Martin, I said you were our science guy. <laughs> and so it's so weird <laughs> because, like, I don't think we ever referenced you being the science guy ever again. <laughs> and yet you walked into the room tonight and you just immediately started spouting science. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it was meant to be. It was, yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, the pseudoscience in this movie doesn't bother me, right? And I don't right. know how much of it is real science and how much of it is pseudoscience, but nothing about the way they explain things potentially working. Because, you know, obviously, you know, the, our lead actress, Hanami, or character Hanami, she's making allusions to things that are happening on Earth that might be the way that they happen with this Legion alien. Right. Right. Well, they do a really good job of not explaining certain things, too, so as not to confuse you or lose you on anything. So that's, that's the key. You're damn right. Yeah. I was not confused. Yeah. <laughs> I did not get lost. It never took yeah. me out of the movie. Yeah. Uh, did it take you out of the movie? No, not at all. No? Because they didn't try to, like... They didn't Come up it. with some cockamamie thing and then be like, it's not right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so this is the last thing I wanted to, to mention to you guys. How how well do you know Gamera versus Giron or the Showa era Gamera films? Me. Okay, in I'm going to just use Giron because that's the one I know the best. That, that's the one I know. So as the kids are off 
they leave the house. They're going to find the UFO. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. They're like, oh, there's that cop. We got to sneak past that cop. Yeah. Yeah. That cop is played by an actor named Kon Omura. Kon Omura, in addition to starring in the Showa Gamera films, he also hawked an energy drink <laughs> what? back in the day. Okay. And actually, if you go to that store Cargo here in town, that they sell yeah. some old yeah. tin signs. One of those tin signs was on a building that the tanks were driving past in this film. And I was like, that has what? got to be an on-purpose reference. Wow. <laughs> that's so funny. Anyway. I love stuff uh, like that. that. That's all I really wanted to share. Like, I guess we could just do our final thoughts. Martin, final yeah, thoughts, dude. I, I just, I really enjoyed this film. It's it, This is a really good film. All three of these are really well done. It's a joy to always watch them. So, yeah. Would you suggest someone oh, watch absolutely. this Without having seen Gamera, Guardian of the Universe, without a doubt, without you oh, doubt. just on its own, you'd suggest. Oh yeah, watching it? absolutely. Okay. You could cool. watch this thing and just totally love it for sure. Right on, Dave. Um, everything Martin just said. Um, as far as I don't know, for me, these three movies. Part of the reason why I love them so much mm-hmm. is that I had seen all of the old ones. And like multiple times because they were always on the like like Saturday morning kids creature feature right you know, yes and everything and so I I I wouldn't be a bit surprised to find out I'd seen that 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 I saw Gamera movies before I saw Godzilla movies but to jump from the last of those era of Gamera movies mm-hmm. to Gamera Guardian of the Universe and then to Advent of Legion is crazy it is so i mean i remember the being a being a fan of those old gamma movies when i was a kid mm-hmm. and then watching gamma guardian of the universe the joy i felt at the franchise growing up oh yeah kind of dude. almost with me as as a fan oh, you that's know. cute well, yeah, i know right no it's good but though it's like, <laughs> so it's like on the i i i agree with martin that somebody could just pick up advent of legion and enjoy it for what it is sure um i think it's a little i think it'd be a little bit tough it's like wait but why is this why is this flying where's this flying turtle coming from do you, you know there there would be nice or, or who's this chick that yeah that, that's yeah, the yeah. Only thing. yeah the, yeah, gal, the yeah. gal that has the connection Asagi, that's the yeah, only yeah. thing yep yeah but i mean it's like i mean like when when gamma shows up in legion uh there's no explanation there's no real surprise it's just like up oh, giant you know something's threatening the earth gamma's here you know, so I think that would be a little bit of a wait. What's going on to somebody who's never seen a Gamera movie? Also, before. I think you'd be robbing that person of the discovery of Gamera from that first film. Yeah, I agree. Which is a good yeah. buildup. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You, true. But so, you Martin, what is wrong with you yeah. telling no, no, people no, no, to yeah. watch this? No, no, no. Oh, no, no I think I, that's a but I, I, I do think I do think <laughs> <laughs> I do think I, th- I do think watching Gar- I think Guardian of the Universe first would be good. But it, I wish there was a way to, you know, to to communicate that sort of joy that I felt mm-hmm. when I saw Guardian of the Universe the first time and how it was all updated and how Gamera wasn't all, didn't look like an oven mitt with googly eyes on it anymore. And it was just, it was just so... You probably could. You, you could tell people, like, if you've never seen a Gamera movie, just watch the Showa movies 
and then yeah. wait 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> and then watch the Hayes Trilogy. You know, just like, just watch, actually, just watch the gear on one would yeah. be good, would be enough. Yeah, yeah. Just watch it. That one's kind of, I don't know, all kinds of crazy. But, uh, <laughs> and I know. just, I want to clarify the question that I answered was, would you show somebody this film as their first not? And I didn't, I didn't say, I'm going to show only this one. To fair all enough. of my other fair enough, yeah. fair <laughs> angry letters are fair already oh, pouring in. The email. Well, this was a good last episode for me. Yeah. <laughs> you are not getting away that by easy. A potato. Yeah. <laughs> by a potato. So, potato, what'd you think of camera three? <laughs> all right. Uh, well, I I love this movie. This is in my top five sure. kaiju films. Good lord, it's probably in my top twenty of all movies. To be perfectly honest, it's. Wow. I really love giant monster movies, you guys, and this movie Do ya? does not. You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> this movie does I not. would not. Mm. I totally <laughs> want to go off on a subject, but I don't need to right now. This movie holds up so so well. It's it's at that perfect time, almost perfect, where people weren't doing very much CGI, and so much of it was still practical. Yeah, and everything about the the process of this movie being made just amazes me. And it's just the resulting product is this beautiful gem of a film. Uh, would I show this to a Kaiju newbie? Sure. I would show this to a Kaiju newbie. Would I show it to them first before the other camera movies? Probably not because I have the other camera movies and I'd be like, <laughs> what are you doing? Sit down you need to clear a space of seven hours you for me right now. You doing them a favor. Don't you yeah. know what part two means? Right? <laughs> I mean, this movie, If first up, listeners, I'm sure all of you, every single one of you has seen the Gamera trilogy. But if you haven't, Spoiler I think alert. they're still cheap. Spoiler alert, you need to. <laughs> like, it's yeah. seriously, they're, they were released on Blu-ray somewhat recently. Well, I think around 2010-ish, mm -hmm. they were released on Blu-ray. And they are, uh, they're really, really cheap and they're really, really good. They are. And if you don't, if you don't own them, that's okay. But if you no, haven't seen it is them, not. if you haven't seen them, that's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's required viewing. It is required viewing. Make sure you watch all of them before you listen to another second of this podcast. Just kidding. <laughs> don't pause us. In fact, why don't you hear what some of the listeners had to say about Gamera 2? Nice segue. Now, we did get some homework sent in by the listeners, and we're going to kick that off right now with Troy, who was very excited when he heard that this month's movie was Gamera 2 Advent of Legion. This is the first time he's participated in the Daikaiju discussion homework, and it's cool that his first homework is for his favorite kaiju movie. Troy was late in coming to the Gamera series. He grew up watching and loving Godzilla, but has only come to see the Gamera movies in the last five years. And he can't believe how long he has missed out on the three greatest kaiju films ever made. Troy loves the innate goodness in the Gamera character. His best quality is his selfless fight-to-the-death attitude against evil. This attitude can be seen in all three movies, but it's on full display here in an advent of Legion. One of the greatest truths out there is, There is no greater love than this, that a man give his life for his friends. This is Gamera. Gamera is willing to suffer any punishment, including a bomb blast to the face, to protect all life. Troy thinks this is what makes this such a beautiful movie. The other two Gamera films have this too, but Advent shows it off the best. 
Plus, this movie has the added benefit that there's no odd, awkward relationship between a tentacle monster and a young girl. Yikes. The acting is great, the characters are great, the monster action is great, and the effects hold up very well. There are only a couple of scenes where you can see through them, but even then, it's not bad. The overall story is very good and makes sense, even in 2018, which is again another attribute that puts this movie head and shoulders above any other kaiju films. It's also nice that the humans aren't making dumb and bumbling decisions. By and large, the characters are fairly competent. Kaiju movies usually have some scientists at the forefront guiding the battle rather than the military characters, but for some reason in this movie, having the military at the front works very well, and the soldiers are really relatable and likable people. If Troy had one critique of this nearly perfect movie, it's that while it's appreciated that they are experimenting with really different monster designs for this film and for Iris, he doesn't really feel that they're iconic or memorable monster designs. It should be respected that they attempted to give us something different than we've ever seen before, even from the Godzilla movies. But in the end, Legion and Iris just aren't great designs. You better believe this would be a great place to start a kaiju newbie. Well, even though I completely disagree with your assessment of the Legion design, Troy, I will answer your question. Troy also said that he recently became aware by following me on Twitter about the fourth fan-made Heisei Gamera movie and wants to know if I've seen it and would I talk about it at some point because he heard it was pretty good. Well, I'm sad to say I have not seen it. I have actually visited with Shinpei Hayashiya three times now and have never had the opportunity to actually sit down and watch the film. I have a feeling at some point it's inevitable, but you know, because I used to run the Shrine of Gamera, I'm very, very familiar with the film. I don't know the plot or anything really, but uh, I remember running a little story on it and then reaching out to Shinpei Hayashiya via email back. I mean, this is way, way, way before Facebook or any social networking. Uh, but basically, he he told me, I'm sorry, you can't see it. There's, you know, I can't show anybody this movie outside of these, you know, certain circumstances. So hopefully someday it might be available for us to see at least parts of it in an upcoming documentary. Hopefully we'll see. Moving along, for this viewing, Mike Keller busted out his Hong Kong VCD of Gamera 2. The subtitles are harder to read than the DVD, but he needed a reason to justify that purchase. For the most part, he thinks the film is aged remarkably well, with only a few wonky CGI sequences appearing dated. This only illustrates how CGI ages worse than any other practical effect. Mike notes the exact same thing I did, that when the CGI creatures swarm over Gamera right in between two live-action shots, and he says it's obvious what's practical and what is CG, and the practical still holds up, and the CG, not so much. There's not a whole lot of observations to make about the film. It's a good movie, a solid entry in the giant monster pantheon, along with the other two films from the trilogy. All three have maintained their well-deserved reputation among fans. Mike did notice a few things this time around. Although Gamera's 90s trilogy didn't suffer the problem that Godzilla's films of the same period did when it came to random interjections from crap American tourists posing as actors, this film does start with English dialogue that verges on cringeworthy, particularly the obnoxious Texas accent heard proclaiming, that's not enough time. That's right, Mike, I've practiced saying that. <laughs> we are going to have a major panic on our hands. Anyway, Mike also notes that if the NASA staff conclude that they should tell everybody that this is just a freak meteor shower, because if word gets out, it could generate a large scale panic. Kind of what I just said. Uh, okay, what did they think it was if not an actual meteor shower? Did they already know about the Legion? The subtitles Mike watched could get a little confusing, 
For instance, the scene where it's stated that the ancient chronicles talked about the sky turning red with follow-up information that the same thing happened in 1990 make it sound as if the ancient chronicles recorded an event from 1990. Mike was already having issues feeling old as it was. So the police were skeptical of Osako because he was the first to report on Gauss? How the hell does that make sense? Mike thought some of the aspects of Legion, the swarm and the plant, were a bit vague. How did the Legion travel along the plant spores when they exploded into space? Did one young queen hole up inside the flower? This needed to be explained better. How did the Legion breathe before the plant took root? For that matter, there seems to be many instances when the Legion soldiers and Queen did just fine in Earth's non-de-terraformed atmosphere. He understands why the Legions were attracted to the Transformers, but why did they die? Although Mike can understand wanting to die after watching Transformers or any other Michael Bay film for that matter. That's what you get, dude. Mike wasn't entirely clear on why radios and electronic devices stopped working when the Legion developed a nest. He knows they ate fiber optic cables and attacked electromagnetic waves, but that doesn't explain the interference in its entirety. And the movie confirmed this by indicating that the plant was throwing out some sort of interference. And that interference disappeared when the JSDF blew up the plant's roots, something else Mike was unsure about. Speaking of which... Why did Gamera get credit for stopping the pod from launching? It seems he just destroyed the plant after the military had already nullified the threat. If Mike were one of those soldiers who set up and detonated the bombs, he'd be pissed. It was amusing that there was a running gag of Miss Hanami being something of a closet booze head, hiding alcohol in her room and lamenting the waste of good beer. He also thought it was nice to get a little cameo from Captain Mura himself, Akiji Kobayashi. Mike also found the tidbit on Wikipedia about this film winning the Nihon Science Fiction Taisho Award. Uh, And when it says many critics argued that it signaled the death of Japanese science fiction literature, that is something Mike would like to hear more about. Joey asks, what can be said about any film from Kaneko's Gamera trilogy that hasn't been said before? Well, usually the same, so that's what you're going to get. Joey first saw this awesome film in 2016 when he wanted to explore Beyond Godzilla, as by this point he'd already seen all the Godzilla films. However, it was this film that really sent Godzilla to the brig for the Heisei series. Seriously, the 90s Gamera films are pure gold, and they remind him of 60s golden era kaiju outings. Everything from the characters to the practical effects, Legion is so unique, and he remembers seeing her in a Toho Kingdom game, and it's nice to have that Ultra Q reference too. He loves it, it's definitely awesome. Adam says, Gamera 2 is an amazing film. Much different than the Gamera films from the 1960s, the special effects in this film are excellent. A mature storyline and tons of action make this a must for sci-fi and kaiju fans. Michael Deke usually doesn't find Gamera 2 as strong as the first and third installments of Kaneko's trilogy, but it's still a fantastic film in the kaiju genre. It's a more science-driven story, that was very engaging, and it made the actions and behaviors of Legion very interesting. Michael also likes the homage to Ultra Q's mammoth flower in the form of Legion's pod. Gamera's also been given an awesome new design, which has kind of become the equivalent, Gamera-wise, of the 1994 Godzilla suit. His sea turtle-like wings that his arms morph into during flight are definitely his favorite aspect of the design. The Queen Legion is also a very interesting and complex kaiju that is beautifully executed from the way it moves to the destruction rays that it emits from its horn. It's pretty much a perfect combination of Destroya and Orga, along with a giant horseshoe crab. The final battle also had some callbacks to the original Gamera movies, with Gamera being defeated, 
the humans reviving him, and Gamera ultimately defeating the enemy kaiju while triumphantly taking to the skies as our characters and the children say sayonara. Gamera's mana cannon is also another awesome instance of how he is constantly evolving, not to mention that this film has some violent kills in it concerning the Legion soldiers. Michael's only complaint is that the Legion's appearance could have had a better explanation. For example, if the military encountered it underground while they were saving the civilians in the train. Michael also wishes that Gamera was taken out in another manner, other than getting nearly taken out by a nuke. All in all, Gamera 2 was yet another exciting kaiju movie that he would definitely recommend to a newbie, along with the other two installments of the Gamera trilogy, 4 out of 5 stars. Mark was really glad that we announced that Gamera 2 was getting another episode. Attack of Legion, aka Advent of Legion, is definitely a great flick and a wild ride. Following after Gamera Guardian of the Universe, Gamera 2 is definitely a high point in the world of kaiju cinema. The story is great, the characters are likable, and have you rooting for them. Gamera himself looks awesome and more serious than this one. The action scenes are almost flawless and have you glued to the screen. Despite this movie having some areas with horrible CGI that kind of throw off the scene, it doesn't affect the look or seriousness of the movie at all. Shinji Higuchi hit a home run once again with this movie, working his special effects magic, helping and working with director Shusuke Kaneko, making this one of the best kaiju films of all time. Even so much as to keeping it connected to Gamera Guardian of the Universe by still having a quick scene showing Tokyo Tower still down from the failed missile attack on Gauss in the last movie. Overall, Mark can keep going on and on about this movie, but to keep this review short, he just has to say Gamera 2 Attack of Legion is one of the greatest kaiju movies ever made and has almost no negatives to it. If it's not obvious already, not only is this movie one of his top personal favorites, the Gamera Heisei trilogy as a whole are three of his top favorite kaiju movies of all time, and he highly recommends them to kaiju newbies, but they must be watched in order. It makes him very glad to say that he knows he's not alone on his feelings toward this movie and the trilogy itself. Even though he was a Godzilla fan first, he can say to this day that the Gamera Heisei trilogy blows the Godzilla Heisei series out of the water. And there you have it. That's our Daikaiju discussion for Gamera 2, Advent of Legion, again. Interested in knowing what we're doing next month? We are going to be watching Godzilla vs. Hedra, another one of our re-discussions or re-Daikaiju discussions. I still haven't come up with a good name for that. Anyway, if you want to get your homework sent in, that's your thoughts, questions, and reviews for the discussion episode, please do so before Thursday, May 24th, to be included in the discussion episode. Now we're going to fire our rear booster rockets and we're going to fly off like Gamera into the catastrophic events. Tuesday, May 22nd at the Philomoca, which stands for Philadelphia Mausoleum of Contemporary Art, which I think is incredibly badass. At 7.30 p.m., Michael Tchaikovsky of Vampire Robots programs a special program of not-quite-Godzilla programs. The Japanese word tokusatsu refers to all special effects-driven media, but it is most frequently used in the context of science fiction and fantasy films and television programs. Defined in the 1950s and imported to the U.S. that same decade, the genre includes everything from kaiju films, Godzilla, Gamera, to heroic television films, Ultraman, Kamen Rider. Tokusatsu Tuesday is held at the Philomoka on the third Tuesday of every month. Admission is $5 and shows are presented with English subtitles whenever possible. Otherwise, there'll be English dubs. Um, that's awesome. If you live in Philadelphia, you should totally check that out. Next up on the list, July 12th through the 15th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, is Florida Supercon. And they're going to be welcoming Ben Furuya, who played the original Ultraman, and Tsutomo Kirigawa, who played the Millennium Series Godzilla for all but one of those films. 
Anyway, I'll have links in the show notes to both of these events. Please make sure you go check those out. Uh, that about wraps up this episode. I hope you enjoyed hearing us talk about Gamera 2. If you have not seen these movies, I hope what you've heard in this episode has really convinced you to go out there and check out the three movies from Daie and Shusuke Kaneko. I mean, they are absolutely, without a doubt, must-see kaiju films. you got to see those in your life. And they're totally available. I'll have a link in the show notes where you can get them on Blu-ray and I think on DVD, too. If you found the Kaiju Cast through iTunes or some other podcast directory and want to see everything that we are about, please head over to kaijucast.com. That's our website. All the show notes for this episode will be attached to the blog post. You can find all sorts of other stuff on there, the Daikaiju discussion schedule, the episode list, uh, links to our friends' websites and our own social media websites. Speaking of, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, everywhere. Like, seriously, we have a ton of different KaijuCast media groups. We also have a Facebook group. So if you're a part of the Kaiju Core, the KaijuCast listeners, you're welcome to join that group. And I wanted to close the show with something kind of special. And uh, because this is a Daikaiju discussion, and because we're not going to be talking about Gamera 2 Advent of Legion for quite a long time, I thought it would be kind of fun to play the Gamera 2 Suite from Symphonic Fury, the music of Japanese monsters, which some of you will remember, was a kickstarted concert by John DeSintis and Chris Olio. And basically, this suite was arranged by John. I'm just going to leave this with you. We'll see you next month for some awesome stuff. Let's see what's happening in May. We're going to have the news episode coming up real soon. And we are also going to have a sort of post-mortem Monster Palooza episode. Hopefully, I can get everybody that was down there with me in the room and we can all just talk about how awesome the show was. <laughs> anyway, I will see you for the next episode. See you next month. Jamata.